What's happening? This is Mike Schott from Metal FX Motorsports. Uh, also have a couple of brands, Shot Wheels and 1221 Wheels. Uh, here visiting with Chris Coddington. Haven't seen him in a while. And we're on the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange. Welcome to the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. All right. Welcome to episode number 19 we're here at the headquarters in Old Town Orange with Mr. Chris Coddington at on the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. What's up, buddy? How we doing? Everything is good. Everything is good today. Everything is good. You know, you know why it's good? Why? Because our guest is great. Our guest is awesome. The guest, our guests are always awesome. They are. You're way too generous, boys. No, they're <laughs> yeah. So, well, tonight we got a special one. We get we do. It's this is Mike Shot Metal Effects Motorsports. Metal Effects Motorsports does a lot of machining for me, but they also run, if you're familiar with, the Shot Wheels brand and 1221 Wheels brand. Two of the most premium brands on the market. I I would, you know. So, Mike, thank you for coming on. We've been talking about this for a while, and now you're here. We got a long, you got a long history. And and this is a a Boyd alumni we call it Boyd Boyd University alumni, right? Yep, one of the OGs, I think. Early yeah. on, yeah. So let's 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 rewind it because we we'll definitely talk about everything that we're doing now, all the cool stuff we're doing. But let's yeah. rewind it back. How, how did you get here in the first place? Yeah, yeah let's let's go to the very. You want to go all the way back, all like be- yeah, we're before going. Boyd's or? Yeah, before Boyd's, because yeah. oh, basically yeah. a lot of our uh, a lot of the. Um, our listeners know about the the history of the wheel shop and you know Alan Budnick and and those things in 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 the evolution of that so you were kind of there in the in the, in the early 90s yes i was my I dad was... kind of cherry picked you from from, from, from budnick from yeah, alan I, budnick right yeah i started there uh, i actually was going to college and installed car stereos at the time and you were doing like stereo boxes and yep, stuff right yep and and yeah. a good buddy of mine dave wagner Actually brought his truck into the shop, had some bitch and Budnick wheels on there, and uh, we were doing a car stereo for him. And we got to talking a little bit over the was over that the over time. on Beach Boulevard? Uh, no, that was actually uh, in Cerritos off of oh. Studebaker, way oh, way, okay. way way back. We're going oh. way back. Okay, Competition Soundworks did have a a place on Beach Boulevard. Oh, okay, that was Competition Soundworks. Yep. Yes, yep. That's how I kind of got into the so, whole car scene. So good old stereo. Dave Wagner. Yep. So so Dave came in. We were doing a doing a big stereo build on his on his uh, Chevy truck, and we got to talking a little bit and kind of became friends because it took us a couple of weeks to do it, and he kept coming in and checking on it. And and I told him, you know, I was going to school, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was going to Cerritos College, taking some CNC programming class, and he's like, oh, he goes, you know, I think we're actually hiring right now. Maybe you should come down and put an application in. So I did, and kind of the rest is history. I I, I started at Budnick knowing nothing about building wheels or anything and and pushing a button on a machine and i was just a sponge i wanted to know everything there was to do about it uh and within a year or so i was writing programs and uh and i and i got to the point where i was doing most of what i thought i could do there and 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 that uh, was what year was that that was uh, that was probably like 1994 94 okay 1994 1995 and, okay, and so I, you were going to Cerritos College? I was going to Cerritos College, part-time, working part-time, just yeah, like, CNC like any was still pretty. CNC was pretty new. Yeah, then. I learned to program like by hand, not not using a CAD program. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, 
you know, even even back then in the colleges were the the the, the community colleges were always a cup you know few years behind what yeah. was going on. So, um, yeah, because I was going to Cyprus at, at around that time, ninety four. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, so you learned that, and you went to work. Yeah, Budnick. So so I worked for Budnick for about two years, and and uh, turns out when uh, there was an opening at Boyd's, I actually heard it through one of the polishers that worked at Budnick, and. Uh, you remember Marshall? Marshall. Yeah. You remember Marshall, yeah. right? So Go so Marshall. I remember pulling up to Boyd's. That's back, like, the original location, back on Cerritos, right? Yep. And uh, he he picked me up in his golf cart. It was after work one day. Took me in to, to, to meet your dad. And, wow, like, for a young 20-year-old guy, uh, I, I remember walking into your dad's office for the first time and the intimidation factor for somebody of my age, you know, the, the big safe – the green carpet, the dim lit lights, the train all around the oh, top, yeah. up, and the, up the, in his office, all of his yeah. all of his cars and his his collectibles, yeah. and you know, I mean, I was obviously kind of starstruck, really. I mean, because you're in your twenties at that oh, point. Oh yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously Boyd was was it. I yeah, mean, and and the fact that I got an opportunity to go there and interview, I was I well, was especially you about. always heard at Budnick, right? That's where. Yeah. yeah, so you're like, oh wait, this is the guy. This is where Budnick came from. Absolutely, right? And I'm and I'm, and I'm never a basher. <laughs> you guys know me. I'm 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 friends with everybody. Yeah, uh, and I still respect Alan. You know, I got my start there. Oh, for sure. He, he, he taught makes, me about he building good, good quality products. He definitely does. And uh, you know, good, I, he's a good competitor. He, he is. He is absolutely. He, he still builds a good quality product to this day. Yeah. I have nothing. We, we only to say. dog on the people that make shit product. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll get to them later. But go ahead. So so yeah. Uh, um, basically went in there for the interview and and uh your dad made me an offer and i said yeah let's do it and uh i i actually i think i came in in the wake of jesse james's departure uh i i started in the motor motorcycle department which i really knew nothing really? about yeah motorcycle you know what? Wheels. I, see i yeah i didn't know that way because I, I just remember you coming in just being in the machine shop i don't remember the yeah. So, I, I, so Grady Pfeiffer, you remember Grady? <laughs> Grady. Yeah. So so Grady Grady was actually one of the guys that yeah, was there that, I that I think came in to replace Jesse, if I'm not mistaken. It was. I think that's kind of what maybe I, I don't know, and, and hopefully we'll have Jesse on because um, I remember that because it was Simon and Jesse running the motorcycle end of yep. it. And I remember Grady came in and he was like, he was part of the hamsters. Yes. He you was know, a hamster. You know, they called them rubs, rich urban bikers. Yep. Right? Yep. And uh, that's what he came across as. Came across as some guy that just was going to come business kind of guy, but he had a motorcycle row on the weekends. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, Grady, yeah. Yeah, I remember going over, uh, part of my interview was, I think where your dad liked to go to eat all the time, over over at the White City House? there at the White House. Yeah, yeah, the, the restaurant next door to the White House. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember going over there and- Good, good people. Raphael over there. Good people. Yep, it was it was your dad, Little John, and Grady. Really? Yep, yep, yeah. And and I'm not that sure was, if your dad hired me because he really wanted to hire me, or if it was just out of spite to take me away from Alan. Yeah, but well, no, you know what I mean. I think, like you talked about earlier, the people there was people over at Budnick that were like, "Look, you know, if if you if you got any talent or you got any promise, like, come on, let's you know, there's bigger things for you." So I think that word travels around. You talk about the the polishers and the other vendors that are all doing business to everybody. So I'm sure my dad goes, oh, heard that you were pretty good. 
that's the that's the thought I always had, right? My dad always said, "Hey, because I remember when you got hired. I remember my dad mentioning it. Hey, I pick I pick Budnick's guy, main guy. You know, it was a competitive thing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because of course. I mean, my my dad brought Budnick out here to you know start Boyd's Wheels and start doing the CNC machining, and Budnick left. So it was like back then, it was like my dad wanted to grab you from him. Who gives a shit? Yeah, it's hey. It's, all, yeah, I was just looking fair. at it again. I was young, looking for that next opportunity to, to hopefully right get my thing, career man. going, and 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 it turned out to be the right for, move for me. Actually, your dad was one of the the biggest stepping stones in my career that helped me get to where I'm at today. For a lot of us, for, yeah, for, a lot <laughs> for of us. myself included, a lot. And of, and of us. course, I cut my teeth working with Little John. You know, I mean, I, yeah, being thrown into the motorcycle department, which John was pretty passionate about motorcycles. Oh yeah, uh, no, I, you I got definitely to I mean, shadow him. Yeah, I mean, the great. You 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 were there at a, at a really good time, really really good time. But then also, I mean, that was what ninety five. Yeah, I think it was ninety five. So you, it was really a couple of years before Boyd's Wheels just kind of went down and and all that. But but there were some things happening, man. Like we talk about like three D machining now. Yep. That's- well, that was one of my biggest opportunities. You know, where I came from, you know, I had only done two D machining with some three D ball cuts. I mean, that was where the industry was at at the time. Yeah. And and the evolution of the the software was kind of coming around. And of course, your dad, you know, being who he was, wanted to be on the front end of the, the cutting edge of it. And, and I remember coming on board, and they had already bought a software package that I really didn't know anything about. But, you know, being the young guy that I am, I just I want opportunity. Let, let me at it. And there was a couple guys there. And I think the guy that actually brought it in, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't know him. But I heard he got, like, killed in a jet ski accident or something like that. Wow. In fact, the name Mike Swift or something like that rings, rings a bell. That Well, Mike Swift I, I was could a be UFC wrong. fighter from a, not too long okay, ago. Okay, I could be totally <laughs> wrong about that. And, and the- <laughs> anyway, uh I think it was stalled out a bit with, really? you know, with everybody else that was there and they were busy just making parts. And I was, you know, I put my hand up and Rich Brown, actually remember Rich, Rich Brown, Brown dude. Rich Brown from yeah, American racing. Know, dude, it was a, such a trip because I, Rich Brown, th- that's a guy that uh, he was, I don't, okay. Was he an American before? Yes. Okay. Because he was an American before and he actually, I think he went to the same high school as my mom. So they had that in common. Right. Right. And then I remember, he worked at Boyd's for a couple years. I don't know how long he worked there, actually. I think he was close to the time that I got there. I think we were kind of newbies at the same time. And then he, then I ran into him again when I, when, when we sold to American Racing or Platinum Equity, yeah, and emerged us with American Racing. Rich Brown was there. Yeah, good guy. I like Rich Brown. So anyway, anyway he worked it, for uh, Walker Evans. Yes, yes. yes. So so anyway, on the on the on the cusp of the whole three D software thing, I put my hand up, and it was a program called Simitron at the time. And Rich and I got the opportunity to go to that class. And Rich did more 2D stuff as well. He was a draftsman and, you know, very talented guy. And uh, I remember working with with some of the guys at Simitron and did the week-long training class. And I came back. And at the time, we were building the Boyd Air. Okay. Right? Yeah, no. I, yeah. yeah. So I remember taking some of that uh, – that Ren shape material that was, you know, prototyping material it was kind of like a Bondo board type of yeah, type it, of stuff. It wasn't like a wood, but it, it was, was something like you a could composite practice on. or something. Yeah, like you that. wouldn't break tools so easy on, but you could kind of proof out programs. And obviously, we had no idea what we we're doing on this 3D stuff, so yeah. it was like let's let's test it out on instead of a couple thousand dollar piece of aluminum. So I remember setting up that that wheel and programming that Boyd Air wheel and and cutting it. And your dad and Little John and Stan came over in the middle of cutting that thing. And they were just like, it, I literally like, you could play it in the background, like the, Oh, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> and they came over and it was like, holy crap, like this is really happening now. Dude, and I remember awesome. that was the first 3D set of wheels that I personally was involved with. And I think it was the first 3D set of wheels that we built aside from what Little John used to do with 2D software, which still blows my mind to this day. Yeah. Like those those wheels that he did that that were done on the Boitzer one. Yes. Like you know, you you look at it and it looks comparatively, I mean, it's like someone used a chisel. Like it's like the steps in it were real pronounced. Yep. But it was it, it had an overall three D shape to it. Yep. But nothing. I mean that, that that I mean, but the way they did it back then, that was huge. It well, it was ahead of its time. To, yeah, so to speak. And, it, and John, little John used to always be like, when I would draw something in 3D, he's like, holy shit, if I only knew how to do that, that's like Star Wars shit to me. <laughs> it literally, it was like, that was always Star Wars. Well, dude, uh, <laughs> I, and you know what? I, I God dang, I, I was just, I was talking to Mike Curtis last night about this. It was some, it's some motorcycle. It's going to come to me. There's some motorcycle that we saw, I saw on Facebook and I showed him and he knew exactly the guy it was. It's going to come to me. But they, they, 3D met, laser metal centered the whole rear swing arm to this thing because the way it was formed, you couldn't machine it. Right. And I'm like, dude, so I started telling Mike about the 1911 videos. I showed you a few years ago Yep. where these guys are full on 3D printed 1911s metal, metal centering. Like that's the, that's going to be the wave of the future. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the machining of the future, you know? Um, yeah, your dad was always on the front end of the technology. He was always wanting to make sure that he was ahead of the curve. And well, remember they bought that laser, yep, uh, laser engraver. Yeah, you know, and I played uh, with that a little bit. Yeah, I messed with that. We used to, I used to, me and my buddies, I used to go in there. Uh, we had our Zippo lighters. Yeah, it was more of a toy for us to mark yeah, our yeah. own stuff. Yeah, remember Zippo, <laughs> the Zippo lighters? I used to go in there and I we we oh man, because I remember me and Steve, um, West, Steve, Steve West. Good old Steve West. You and your boy, you guys used to be in that closet under oh, the stairs, I think. Good old Steve West. Yes. <laughs> so we went. Steve West and I were we're messing with, messing with Photoshop 1.0. You know, like, you know. So you had to turn those images. So I remember I, I had pictures of people, and you had to like do all this conversion to it, right, to get it down to a level where you could engrave it. Yeah. Turn it into a. I don't know if it was DXF back then, but. Some sort of vector format that, but I remember like we mess with it and we mess with it, and then like, dude, I started telling my buddies, "Hey, give me your Zippo, I'll, I'll engrave some shit on there." <laughs> we used to engrave a bunch of shit, and that was the trophy division at Boyd's Wheels. Oh yeah, among yeah. other things. So yeah, that three D machining, and and so we're talking about ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven, and then right. you know, rolling around holidays ninety seven, going to ninety eight, it was all done at Boyd's. Yep. Boyd's was being. I was. I stayed there till the dying end. Yeah, you were at the end and. But it worked out for you because you kind of you moved on from there. Yeah, I actually, I actually followed. At, well, at the time, I was scared, you know, knowing that things weren't going so well. Because you just and, had a kid. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Nick. In fact, in fact, when I had my kid, I, there's a picture. You guys used to do that Boyd's newspaper. Yeah, the Boyd's the, the Boyd, Boyd report. Yeah, the Boyd report. I yeah. think it was a quarterly newspaper or something. And I still have one somewhere at home that that has a picture of me and Nick, my oldest son now. Uh, in, in the paper that I was, you know, yeah. was born while I was working that's for cool. Boyd. That, that, that's a cool deal because the Boyd Report was always cool because, I mean, we had one point we had 300 plus employees. Yeah, kind of keeps you connected to everybody else that was there. It was, it was a neat thing that he did. Yeah, and, and, and it gives props to the people that were actually producing at the shop. Yep. You know? Yep. I mean, um, it, it, it was cool. That, that was a good time. Um, so, yeah, then, then you went on after, 
after Boyd's Wheels fell, then you went to yeah, I went to Cobra Engineering for Cobra a little Engineering, while, uh, which was where some of the guys that came in that you know were trying to turn things around and save it at the end went went to there. Uh, yep, I followed them, and uh, again another company that makes mostly motor- motorcycle parts. Uh, again, I was in my early twenties still, and when I went there, I kind of felt like it was a step backwards because I was learning so much new stuff and the 3D software and all that. And then when I went to making motorcycle parts, it, it was all 2D stuff and it was cool. I mean, we're still making fun parts, but I, it just wasn't as, as, I wasn't as driven by doing it. And, uh, during the, during the demise of Boyd's, unfortunately, the, uh, I gave a lot of people tours, you know, showing people around that, you know, the auction was going to be coming up and all that yeah. stuff. And I showed Greg Weld around, uh, showed Jimmy Smith around, uh, and after I was working for Cobra and the auction was about to happen, Jimmy Smith, who owns Ultra Wheel, had tracked me down and and uh, had one of his people call me and say that he'd like to meet with me. He was considering buying Boyd's and or some of the assets and would like to talk to me about you know what I think he should do and and if it works out, maybe I'd like to come to work for him. So I actually ended up going to the auction with him. And I, he didn't buy the name, of course, but he ended up buying some of the assets and I ended up going to work for him and started out just in his engineering department. And uh, we, we uh, he had bought a mold shop where we were making, we did all cast wheels there. Yes. We used to build upwards of 3,000 cast wheels a day. Yeah, no, you guys were, yeah, after Boyd's fell, I mean, that's when Ultra really took off and that you guys were over there on Valley View. Yep. Huge, owned half that block. Yep. Right there. Yep. I worked for Jimmy for five and a half years. Uh, again, started out engineering, ended up in his mold shop. We got to the point where when I started there, we were building one mold every two weeks or so back on the tracer bridge port style machines. Yeah, right. You know, you'd build a, you'd build a replica and then you'd trace it with the tracers yep. and it was never as accurate. I mean, you still got a human kind of running it and super time consuming process. Uh, so again, I brought the 3d technology and the, in the, and the software there and we were building, two molds a week after we got things really rolling there. So that was like a huge advantage for us being, you know, in the cast business, being able to build oh, our own molds, yeah. not have to use. Like, that was pre-China, basically. It was that, absolutely pre-China. Pre-China. China that, wasn't that's when, radar then. That, yeah, exactly. So that's 98, 99, 2000. Yep. And you guys are cranking. I mean, that, that place was popping. Yep. We did powder coating, chrome plating. I mean, everything. We were literally were a one-shop stop aside from, like literally making the aluminum itself. Yes. You know, we took ingot, melted it, recycled the secondary. I'm just curious. Did you guys, the the railroad track system that was all in that area, it's dormant now. Yep. But were you utilizing that back then? No, we never utilized that. Okay. I'm just, I, you know what? Uh, Driving from my mom's house to my house, I go down that way all the time. Yep. So I always thought about that because, that, that there was a network. Kelly Kelly Springfield Tire oh, yeah. was there for forever. Well, the building that Ultra was in used to be a Security Pacific Bank. There literally was a vault still inside. Oh, really? It, it, it was a huge building, two hundred sixty-seven thousand square feet wow. under one roof. Yeah, I remember for years. And now Ultra's over in Fullerton. Fullerton, but a, wa- a warehouse now, just a warehouse yep. and just an importing importer from China. Everything went to China. Everybody yep. still successful. Uh, obviously, doesn't oh, have no, the, for sure. the stresses for sure. of manufacturing now. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I won't go on my little rant about American made product right now, but so you were at, uh, ultra then for five years. Yeah. Five and a half years. I worked my way up to become vice, vice president at one point. Yeah. You worked your way up. Yeah. I mean, you were in the whole, whole, whole shebang. Yep. 
Yep, and I always say the longer I'm you away were from a, there, the better the hold experience on here. was. <laughs> you were a big shot. <laughs> right. Hey, I had to I had to throw that in there. <laughs> no, but Steve again, another another right. great experience. Steve, I mean, Steve's like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Jim, Jimmy owned you know three NASCAR teams. You know, again, yeah, another no, another I mean, pioneer in our industry too. For sure, guy. You know, um, I got to give the guy credit. You know, um, he did. He was definitely. Uh, an arch enemy of my my dad's in the wheel business, but a good competitor. Yeah, I mean, you know, to a point. I mean, there was a lot of competitors that I don't know. I, I really, there's good competitors and bad competitors. The bad competitors just copy your shit directly. Yep. The good competitors do something where you're like, oh, nice move. Like yeah. It's a chess game. Touche. Like yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. As it should you know, be. In yeah. Business, no, for you know? sure. Yeah. Because. If you're not pushed, I, you're I, never going to get any better. I, I got to right. tell you, I mean, right. yeah. for for a while, for a while, uh, for a while, Ultra was kind of like on that American Eagle uh, take where they were just kind of, okay, what's the good mover? Yeah, let's copy that. Well, that was their when I first started at Ultra, I really kind of viewed them as like this Pet Boys ish type of brand. Yeah, they they just copied what was going on, and, and you know, it's funny is because as a consumer back in the mid nineties, you might've looked at American racing or progressive or one of these guys is, Oh, they're copying Boyd's, but little do they know we were making some of those tri fans and, uh, what do we call the Imperial and some of these other wheels for American racing. Yep. Like the centers. Yep. We were casting them for them. Yep. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, but you know, some of like, like American, like the, uh, Amer- the old American Eagle, I have no respect for at all. In their 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 deal because they 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 spend no money on marketing. Yeah, they copied till the dying end. No, 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 they copied exactly. They just go. No, not exactly. It wasn't even as good as the original. That's. But what I'm saying, it, it, it for to the consumer, it was exactly. Okay. Right? right. To me and you, it wasn't exact. Yeah. It was close. It was a knockoff. But, but it's what, a knockoff what, for but, sure. But 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 the discerning eye could to tell. The, to the consumer, yeah. to the guy with the Toyota pickup or whatever, who's going to take your. Yeah. It, it was just a cheaper. Yeah. Mousetrap. <laughs> but I, I have no respect for anybody's business that all you do is you take somebody else's. Oh, hold on. What's Mike selling the most of? Okay. <laughs> let's just copy that. Yeah. Hey, what's Chris selling the most of? Yeah. Let's just copy that. And they spend no money on marketing it because guess what? You're already spending the money for that. Yeah, of course. It's a proven parasitic business. Go fuck yourself. All right. So, um, <laughs> those are consumer report, uh, consumer reports <laughs> for the evening R- rant. Yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not a fan, but um, so yeah, so then let, let's talk about the transition because you were at Ultra for a while. Yep, I was at Ultra for quite a while, and and the writing was on the wall that things. That's when China was really becoming coming on strong, and it was one of those things where a lot of people were like, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, and I'm a manufacturing guy at heart, and if the manufacturing was going to go away, I really didn't see a future for me there. You know, at, at least something. I mean, I probably could have stayed on board and you know, did logistics and ordered wheels and, you know, do that kind of thing, maybe do engineering and, you know, do new styles and whatnot, but really wasn't what I wanted to do. I like, I like making stuff. Yep. So I decided to pull the ripcord and a couple months before I left, I bought a couple machines, got a little small shop and I had my brother moonlighting working there at night and actually started making, uh, back when the big Hummer thing was big, the H the, the H one, uh, we started making Hummer parts. The H1 or the H2 when the H2 came out? Because uh, the H2 came out, 
I guess it would be the H. No, it was the H one, right? Uh, it, it was uh, well, no. The H one was the military one. It, it wasn't the military version, so it was the first civilian vehicle. Yeah, the first one was the H. Was the H two, H two Hummer. Okay, so H two. That was a civilian. Yeah, so we started making all kinds of parts for those. Again, it was it wasn't for our own brand; it was for for another person. Uh, Who was we, that, by the way? Huh. Oh, it, never mind. Yeah, we already talked yeah, about it. Earlier. I don't even really want to. No, because you know name. we we were we were making wheels for that. Remember the SMA Hummer? Oh yeah, that was the competitor, the guy that I was making them for. Yeah, and and, and guess what? Both of them went out of business. Yeah, I mean it was a fad. You, obviously, it's a wave. You want to ride the wave, but you got to get off the wave before the thing dies and get. Oh, off you got to yeah, you yeah. got to move on to other things, but. Yeah, so that was a big thing. So that was the early 2000s. Yeah, so that that kind of got me going and and just I started out as a machine shop. I didn't I wasn't making anything for myself. I was just making parts. I'd make anything anybody brought in the door. And then I I got a customer come in that wanted to build three-piece wheels that was that was elsewhere. Uh I took them on zone wheels. Uh okay. a good friend of mine Steve Wilson for those of you guys that might know. Oh him. yeah. Yeah. Uh, highly respected. He was he was back in the Momo days, helped import What's Momo. What's he doing now? Uh, semi-retired, still doing some stuff for BBS. Uh, okay. Still running to him every now and then. Great guy. Uh, again, was really my first wheel customer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and then it kind of carried on from there. It was word of mouth. I, I honestly, to this day, on the private label side, I've never advertised. I still don't even have a website. I I, I, I like to think that's a testament to just doing good quality work and treating people right. Yeah. And uh, it, and it kind of grew from there. We the first three years, I basically just spent building wheels and parts for other people and uh and then and then a few years after three years into it you know my buddy dave wagner that originally got me into the wheel business at at, budnick at at budnick uh you know everywhere i went i always tried to take him with me he's a good guy and you know i just wanted better things for him as well uh after three years into into having my own shop i really wanted to get something going we'd always talked about it as kids, you might say, right? Yeah, in our right. early 20s. That how so cool, cool, how dude, cool would it be to have our own real brand? So and... cool. Why don't you do it? Well, which, no, I'll get to something in a second. But So this is around 2007? This is, uh, so I started Metal Effects in 2003. So this would have been about, yeah, 2006, 2007. Because I remember, okay, my dad passed away in 2008. Yeah. And I remember running in, running into you. That's how we reconnected at Del Mar. At Del Mar. Good guys. Yep. And in the bar, of course. Yeah, in the bar <laughs> at the Hilton. So, which, which you have to go to on Friday. Um, and I don't know, because you know what? It might have been the year before that year. I don't, my, my, I was in a surf band. I don't think that was that year. But remember, we got hired to play at the pool at right there by the, you know, the bar yep. in the Hilton. So, but yeah, I remember running into you and then, um, this is 2008. So April around this time. Yep. 11 years ago. And then that's when we reconnected. And then I remember the next day hanging out with you at your booth. Yep. And, and your wife, that came. was our very first car show we did with the shot wheel brand. Was it really? Very first one. No way. Yep. That's a trip because I remember sitting there at your booth and remember Kim, your wife was, was there. Yep. And I was talking and it was kind of, it, dude, the world was spinning for me at that point because my dad had just passed away, um, two months before. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was over at wheel pros, American racing, American racing. And then, yep. you know, and, and, and I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I remember Kim just remember Kim saying to me, what do you get? Why don't you start your own wheel brand? And I was just like, <laughs> 
yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. You know, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I listened to her too. I know. <laughs> Sometimes she says the right Welcome things. to my club. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you know. And then you were just starting your deal. And I, and, and, but then we had dealt with each other because you were doing machining for American racing at that point. Yep. Yep. We were building top fuel drag race wheels. Yeah, you were doing, and, and then you, then, so we, I mean, I was always kind of talking to you because I think you just did stuff for Ray at that point. Yep. Maybe Ray was a little bit later. Later. When we started doing the Porsche stuff. Yeah. Maybe 2009 or something. Yeah. But I, I mean, by that point, I was kind of involved at that point a little bit. Um, so yeah, so you started so the Shot Wheel brand, which is a premium wheel brand right now. Yeah, I'd like to think so. We try it hard. No, it is. You know, and we, and we also when we started the brand, the one the one big thing that we try to do was just again not be a copycat. Try to do our own thing. Try to do something different. We de- we developed the cover lock, which you know, it, not that a covered lug wheel had never been done before. No, the you know, way you the way you did it though, um, it was pretty bitching. It's seamless. I mean, and and you know what you're a t- and you know what the, the thing is too, like if people ever say, "Oh, well, you know, those wheels are so expensive," it's like, dude, you really got to look what's into it. Well, like, if if you understand seamless. and you're a gearhead and you can see like the manufacturing that goes into it, you can appreciate dude, it. You're, but, like, I, was, I mean, like when you when you're throwing a uh, you know wheels on a car, though, I mean that's just a fraction of the bigger you know build. I mean, like yeah. if you're, you're spending all that money on, on that you know making the car as great as it's going to be, why not throw in that extra little you know. That, that's an extra well, little like. Well, salsa, on the outside of the car, what do you see? Right, wheels and paint. Yeah, I know. Right? I, yeah, it's a, it's the first thing that catches your attention because it's usually the shiniest thing. Like you, then you get drawn into the paint job and whatnot. But like the rims always bring you in. Yep. Well, yeah. I I guess look, people will be like, dude, I spent ten thousand dollars on this motor and this and that, and it's like everybody <clears> knows that there's this detail and intricacies and machining that go into. A motor, right? To get it to of perform, course. right? Yeah. Obviously. But but wheels, do wheels got really dumbed down for a while, like real basic. Yep. So what he's talking about with doing the cover lock thing is, no, he's got this stuff so machined so precisely that you almost can't even see. I can see the lines because I know what I'm looking for. But the average consumer can't see where the cap area, covered lug area meets the spokes. Yeah. Because the way he machines it and the way they finish it and all this stuff. Yeah, it's supposed so, to look seamless. Like, like that's that. exactly yep. it. So, And that's a Boyd University thing. Seamless. Well, no, that's, that's something. Yeah, that, it is. Yeah. I, well, I, definitely but, the, the quality side of it for sure. I mean, you know. I, I mean, and, and, and you know what? It, no, it, it's so your cover lock thing did. You, you, you kind of made your name for that for sure. Well, today it's, it's still our flagship product. I mean, yeah. we, we still and, sell and, more and, of those hey, than anything else. And I'm going to bring it up, but. All of a sudden, the sensei is now copying the student. And I saw that Budnick, <laughs> a couple years ago, decided to do some cover lock bullshit to copy your stuff. Which is, you know what? You get a little pissed off about it, but you also just go. It's flattery, honestly. You it know really what I mean? Is. It, it really it, is. It, it, if you built crap, people wouldn't copy it, right? So Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you right? know, at the end of the day, of course, nobody likes to be copied because you feel like you're being ripped off. But by the same no, token, you know. No, no. But, but, but also, too, but people understand it's like, you know, it's tough in the wheel business to trademark, copyright, all this stuff. Because all they got to do is change it a certain percentage. But And, and patents are good to a certain extent. But well, you put a lot of time and effort into It's been these. out for 12 years now. Yeah. and it, it, It's not easy to do. How many people have copied it? Yeah, exactly. One? 
Yeah. That's all I can think of. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it, and, and and that's like you know that's but, what we kind of try to do. I mean, I I think that we're we're as good as anybody out there that builds wheels, and we try no. to show off our talent by building and, really cool, pushing the envelope type of products. No, and and, and you know what? Um, I'm very proud of the fact that you machine stuff for me, my Curtis machine stuff for me. I, I you know I I keep it close and I keep it you know because look we deal with this on we talk about this stuff daily. We know a bunch of people that have wheel brands that are just kind of email and phone guys that aren't don't have skin in the game right right that will bounce to you will bounce to every shop in this in this uh you know city right in 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 the state of california here that makes wheels and they're a wheel brand quote unquote but but like what we have going on now this is how it should be you know we're we're friendly competitors sitting here talking about building wheels you know, yeah. we don't have to be enemies. I know. It's we're, kind we're of funny for the same sales in some respect. But. Well, there's t- yeah, there's there. And trust me, I get calls and go, "Well, I'm looking at this shot wheel," and I, I I tell them they make great wheels. Guess what? They they machine some of my wheels. I tell them <laughs> that, and it's like it's like a, you know, if you get the sale out of it, that's good. If I get the sale out of it, it's all good, right? I mean. Well, we're a team and i think that's what's cool about this hot art industry because everybody's so tight that like you guys like when you guys are all like friends like this and have been through the trenches and know each other for a long time you guys can bounce business off each other it's absolutely well, you know, yeah it, it is exactly co- for sure it is competition but, 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 we, we but keep, it's healthy competition we keep it close and, and i keep it close mike keeps it close because there's a lot of dickheads out there too there is yeah. so and, and i could be one of those guys too that be like oh man i see chris is selling a ton of this particular style Oh, I'm going to go build one that looks similar to that. That's not my game. It's no. not what I do. Like, I like want I you to be successful. You, you sure you're not trying to sell wheels? rims to Kanye? <laughs> yeah, I, <don't> <laughs> I am. I am through Chris. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, like like the other wheel, I, like there's always these, it, it's a small industry. So it's like, but you know what? Look, I'm protective of myself, you, and, and, and other Mike. I keep it close. Yep. Because there's other people out there that just copy our shit and just not our friends agree i mean again we're we're a private label wheel manufacturer yeah and and you know what too for for those of you uh you know mike shot has not i mean he he's got you know you have shot wheels and then 1221 which you guys got to get on instagram and look at 1221 wheels if you have i gotta say you cater to the high-end market you cater that that is like the the exotics the lamborghinis the porsches the ferraris you know, it's it's a it's a high dollar it's a high dollar ticket. What's your what's your average wheel sale price? Ten k. Yeah, retail level uh, for a set. Ten grand for a set of for wheels. A set. But yeah. man, I'm just telling you for for manufacturing guys that know you look at the detail, you look at the machining, you look at the certain cuts that they have, the special tooling that you guys have to do these certain cuts, and and just every order is machined to spec. It's it's. 100% no. custom. There's no blank sitting on the shelf. Everybody that gets wheels no. in 1221, there's a lot of custom. It's, not, it's of not, this is yeah. not, yeah. Yeah. So you definitely, um, definitely have raised the level. And not only that, but people, people, there's a lot of brands you machine for that you're not going to mention now that if people heard them and go, oh, shit, you do that? You do yep. that? And, and again, like you said, I don't want to mention them, but we build at least 15 brands of private label wheels yeah. in and outside of the hot rod industry. Oh yeah, exotics. You yeah. you range it from from imports, exotics, you name it. We Muscle make wheels, cars. huh? We make wheels. You make wheels. <laughs> so, 
and let's only four wheels. About, we don't let, do any cast so, stuff. So now we brought we we brought us all up to current. Let's talk about some of the fun times, right? Because you were there in the '90s. We talk about John Butera, just some funny shit, right? Yeah, and and just uh, interesting time because my dad had acquired the you know the Boyd's Boyd Company acquired uh, Little John's yep. company at the time. Yep, and brought him on to develop more motorcycle stuff. And just yeah, and your and your your dad and Little John, of course, had that love hate relationship. Oh yeah, both both alphas. Oh totally, totally. <laughs> and if you didn't know Little John, Little Little John was little. Yep. But his attitude was bigger than anybody I ever and, knew. And a huge brain. I mean, you want to talk about the amount of talent that guy had in one hand? Was just it blew me away. It still does. I mean, if he could have worked in a cave somewhere and not be bothered because he wasn't the best with people. Oh, but yeah, no, definitely. And, and I think I might have been one of the few that actually got along with him. It was, it was, yeah. I I think because of who I was or just how I knew him, you know, being a kid, you know, I think uh, he didn't. Lay, I, I don't. I never had any problems with the guy, but I saw him interact with everybody else. And it was oh yeah, like, yeah. It was either you that got along with him or he he got. And it was his way or forget he about chase you the fuck out of the shop, literally. Yeah. Always riding around on his beach cruiser, going from building to building to building. Yeah, yeah right. Motherfucking everybody. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, but 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 a, a huge talent for sure. Yeah, I learned a lot from that guy, and I I remember he had his own little corner in Boyd's, you know, that that was like his development corner with that old Shizoka mill yeah, that he had right in the in, in the hot rod shop in yep the, in the back corner yep with this coffee pot sitting right next to it that i don't think he ever washed out with the same thing with that coffee cup i was like i don't know how you don't get sick from that but like he would use the same coffee pot coffee Dude, cup for the, a year the, hey so basically it was that coffee pot and coffee cup and unfiltered camels Un- <laughs> unfiltered camels, unfiltered yep. camels man yep. just that was it yep i i remember i i learned a lot from that guy and, uh, in fact, unfortunately, one of my biggest opportunities came from when your dad decided to let him go. Okay. Uh, when yeah. your, da- your, your dad and him had a blot for some reason. Yeah, I remember one day he said, well, your dad tied a can to my ass. Yep. And, like, he, oh, and he basically okay. sent John down the road. And I remember the next day your dad called me in his office and I won't disclose it, but he gave me one of the biggest raises I've ever gotten in my life. And, in fact, I'm sitting here getting goosebumps while I'm talking about it because it was so life changing for me. You know, at that stage of the game, you know, again, young kid in my early 20s, married, had a baby, you know, I'm just yeah. getting by, just barely making it, you know. And your dad gave me a really big bump and made me in charge of the R&D department. And that's when a lot of the fun really began. You know, that's that's when I was able to I basically had my own corner at that point and all the new development would make new wheels, new forged wheels. We'd even build forged versions of cast wheels that we're getting ready to build uh yeah in fact my my oldest son that's kind of like the concept right you would build the forged wheel yeah we build the we build a forged wheel and 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 prove it out prove it out and then go well that can we make it a cast version and sell a lot of them yep or or we would pilot in the forge like if the forge took off and it was good then make it a cast wheel yeah always right that's still still right to this day it's still the, the, the the business model yep i remember when your dad called me in his office and he gave me that raise I, I was shaking, calling my wife and saying, you won't believe what happened to me just now. And she obviously, she thought something bad. You're like, you got fired? And, and I and I told her and it was just like, it was just life changing. I mean, I can't thank your dad enough for, for giving me that opportunity yeah. and, and recognizing the fact that I was, I was working my butt off for him. You know, I, I, I wanted everything that I could possibly get. 
and and he he rewarded me. Yeah, and and you know what? That's that's one thing too that people that actually work for him like he he was generous to a fault you know he'd take the shirt off his back for you if you were loyal to him he was 100 percent in your corner and you know if if anybody ever left the company or ever anything bad to say it's usually because they were a puss about it because if if you went my dad would would get upset when people left and copied his shit and did different but i i I tried it when i got old enough i was like hey dad that's kind of like the way people are you know like you know, you can't do, you know, people are going to move on. Sometimes they think that Boyd's is, not everybody's going to think Boyd's is the pinnacle of their career. Sure. Like, sometimes it was like, like Fuck, this is cool as hell, but I'm going to move on and do better shit. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true in any business. But, but exactly. But but the thing was, it was how people left. Yeah. Like, if people pushed out and, and just didn't go to Boyd and, and my dad and say, hey, listen, thank you for everything, but I'm going to go over here. Yep. You know, I know most times it wasn't a problem like that. You know, he might have been butthurt for a little bit, you know. Maybe. Yeah, of course. You never want to see, especially if he's a good guy, you never want to see him leave. Especially with, you know, my dad invests a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of financial investment in people, right? As you know, as a business owner. Of course. When you train somebody. And there's there's emotional investment, too, because yeah. you get along with these people. You get attached right? to people. They become your work family. For sure. You know, I treat my guys that way. I have yeah. 30 employees now. You know, because we're not a huge, huge company, but and, and and you and I are the same way. You, you you have a lot more people working for you than I do, but this is just not your nine to five job, dude. This is everything. No, without you. my work family, my regular life doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. Right? You know, and I, I appreciate each and every one of them. So, back to Little John for a second. I don't know if you mind if I I, yes. I brought a little so, letter with so, me. So yes, no, go and, ahead. And, and I probably should throw the disclaimer out because for those of you out there that might know Little John. He was he was a firecracker, said a lot of things that I'm sure would offend people. And there's a few verbiage in this letter that might yeah. offend people. This I don't this necessarily. Is, no, we 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 may, we may we, not. We, uh, we talked about this offline, and I I really think that this is great to share. Yeah. So basically, Little John, it, like you can fill the backstory into. I, I will. But my dad every year used to used to do like uh, billet toy gifts for Christmas and the holidays. And, and little John started his deal as well. Yep. And he would send a personalized letter with these. And they were, they, they were a little bit less uh, politically correct than the, maybe the ones that came from Boyd's at the time. But it was just a taste of his sense of it humor was just like, you and, and his way of being endearing to you. And, and, yeah. and, and here's the situation. <laughs> it, you know, you only got these letters if he gave a shit about you. It's true. I, I, I don't know how many people got these. I'm sure there's several people out there that did get them. But he would either build like those little billet cars, which I have a handful of them on my desk. And in this case, it happened to be a lamp. Yeah, a, a lamp. He, <laughs> a he lamp. built a billet lamp. So, yeah. And and, and, it, and it's like, I know I know you. you um, so we're going to go. You'll go ahead and read the letter. Go so, ahead. again, for you kids and people that are sensitive, yeah. don't listen. Yeah, this, this there's going to be uh, some derogatory terminology coming up. Uh, if you're offended. Then go ahead so, and uh, so fast let, forward let, a little bit. Let's but. fill in the backstory a little bit. So you received this. So basically, this is post Boyd's, of course. Too. This Boyd's. is after working for Boyd's. I still kept in, with, in touch with Little John. I did side jobs with him and projects. And and every year at Christmas time, he would call me over or come by my house and drop off a gift. And this happened to be one of the last ones that I got from him. Maybe the last one. Uh, so here goes the letter. This is on. This is handwritten on yellow legal paper. So here we go. Says Mike, Merry fucking Christmas. I made you a fucking lamp. If you don't like it, make your own fucking lamp 
and send my goddamn lamp back. I cut, I, I cut myself making the motherfucking lamp and I'm pissed about it. Uh, oh, and I'm pissed about giving it to you anyway. Here I am making you this fucking lamp and you're probably home playing with mama or watching Baywatch on your big screen TV. And I'm here bleeding like a stuck fucking pig. Uh, oh, buy your own fucking bulb and shade. You're not the only one getting a fucking lamp. And I'm not about to send, spend any more money on any of you assholes. Bad enough. I had to buy these cheap fucking harps (laughs) besides my fucking luck. I go shopping for some kind of pussy fucking lampshade and some fag fucking sales fag hits on me and I got to smack the cocksucker <laughs> more blood and I wind up in jail for some fucking shade you wouldn't like anyway. I hope 99 is a great year for you and your family and all your enemies choke on their Christmas turkeys. Butera. P.S. I ain't real good at electrical so wear rubber gloves or something when you plug it in. <laughs> no, I guess, I guess, so that was 99. That was in the letter there. 1999. Dude, that's so. cool, man. That's, yeah, uh, I apologize for the language, but that was John, you know? No. But, 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 but this is part of the documentation of this whole hot rod history. I mean, it, it, it's coming from the word Dude, of that mouth. Was, like, uh, uh, that was... See, there was a lot of guys that I grew up with that, like John, they would test you. Yeah, like they would t- they would use that they would throw that language at you, and they would talk shit to you. And just just it, see it, how you react. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think maybe then my that was like my preschool for going to work for Jimmy Smith, probably. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah, because I mean, dude, if you if you if you cower to that stuff, they'd be like, "Oh, this guy's a pussy." Yeah, you're weak. You're not no, gonna make it. No. no Have no. a good day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and and think about it. John was a physically small guy. So it's like it's it's a weird kind of alpha male deal, right? Because it's not like there's a guy who goes, "Oh, this guy, fuck, don't talk shit, he'll kick my ass." Right? Like yes. I think we could all kick John's ass. Back Probably in the, day. the you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, little man syndrome, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. it's a little man syndrome for sure. Um, yeah, but so but it, it is very derogatory, eloquently written. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. it's still yeah. you yeah. can feel the affection in it. Well, and you know what? Uh, well, if if you weren't his friend, you wouldn't have got one of those. That that was his way of showing affection. Yeah, yeah and you know what? Uh, at, at his at his funeral at St. Hedwig's, uh, I told you because it's very similar, very similar to the one he, he Jesse James got one the same year, and he right. re- he read it out at the funeral, and I remember hearing that kind of language at the St. Hedwig's with the priest sitting there, and and Jesse was in a Catholic like, church, just. <laughs> Yeah, which, bombs just which uh, was fine with me. Which, right? <laughs> so no, yeah, but, you can't be that kind of that sensitive. That kind of stuff. It's just words. It, it yeah, is. it's just words. And and but but it was also like it's funny. It's it, it actually is funny because uh, you know it it was. So do you still have the lamp? I do still have the lamp, and I still <laughs> don't have a shade on it. You don't. I kind of refuse to put a shade on it. There's just some sentimental value to me for it. There, it it, it actually sits in my engineering office. I'll never get rid of it. You know, I have all the cars on my desk that he built over the years, and it just kind of reminds me of where I came from. Yeah, some of the cool, some of the cool, we got some of the stuff up here, you know? Oh, yeah. Over the years, we had some of the old uh, trophies and uh, the billets, the fun, that's the fun stuff. It really was. I mean, you got to work on a lot of fun stuff. Except that trophy's mine. Which one? Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) The Emmy. Oh, yeah. 
Steve is a seven-time Emmy winner. Really? Yeah. What'd you get an Emmy for? Uh, video production. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. And uh, outstanding graphic designer in 2009. It's 10 years ago. Yeah, he used to be. He used to work for uh, Fox Sports West. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Sorry you're doing the podcast. Yeah. Right and, uh, <laughs> he had a sign that said, life. we'll work for podcasts. And I said, uh, you know, for food or whatever. And I, I picked him up off the street. So. It, was, it was beer. It was beer. It was beer. We'll podcast for beer. Yeah. And I said, that's my guy. Because right? so, yeah. guess what? <laughs> I, I need to do a podcast. And there's a brewery across the street. It just worked out. <laughs> so for me now, things have kind of come full circle. I mean, you've known me for 25-ish years now. Yeah. Uh, of course, my my oldest son was born while I was working at Boyd's. He's now my engineering manager. I know. It's cool. It's cool now that to see these kids that uh, I've, I've – I, you know, and, and, and we've kind of – since we reunited in 2008, 2009, yep. 2008, kind of watched these kids – you know, over eleven years, grow up and yeah, it's cool. It's so it's it's super cool. And you know what? Uh, what I've had my opportunities to give my advice to you know Brandon or Nick. You know, yep. when I had a chance. Yeah. You know, because I've I've been in their their situation. Yeah, you you were a young son of I your remember, dad. I remember being. I remember sitting there at Cypress College and going, "I want to be. I want to be a marketing guy." So I, I took a marketing class. This is in ninety. 394. Right. This is Boyd's is taking off. Boyd's is really taking off. And my, I get a little pressure from my parents to go to school. But mostly I'm thinking like I got to, you know, I think I think everybody that graduates, go, oh, you got to go to college. You know, fuck, I mean, trade schools. Well, that's what we're all taught as a kid. Like, what do you, it's not, are you going to go to college? Where are you going to go? And what are you going to yeah, do? Where are you going to yeah. go? Where are you going to go? Yeah. So I'm sitting there and, and I remember I, I, I'm going to take marketing. And I remember, do you remember Adair Furniture? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, In fact, I bought my first desk that I think my wife is still using today there. That's funny because they were over <laughs> off of like Mark Ward or whatever. Yes, okay. off the five freeway so, there. So I'm in, this, I'm in this marketing class and there, the teacher goes, oh, Adair, you're the son of the Adair family that does the Adair Furniture. And I'm like, they don't know wheels. So I'm like, yeah, I'm Chris Coddington. My dad does wheels, but whatever. I'm sitting there and I remember, I remember looking at this book. And the copyright's like 10 years prior, marketing, right? And I'm like, okay. And I'm sitting there in this class wasting, feel like I'm wasting my time because I'm like, dude, okay, I'm over here sitting in this class by a chick telling nice lady that's never run a business in her life that is reading a, a book that's 10 years, you know, 10 years ago. And I'm like, but then my dad's company is on the cutting edge of shit. So I, I was at, in that torn spot where I'm like, what do I do? Would I sit here? Because you know what I mean, dude. I'm sorry, but Cypress College, you know, everyone used to park at the back. We used to park at the back of the parking lot and walk our way towards the front, hoping we run into somebody that would talk us out of going to class that day. That, that was the fucking <laughs> Give deal. you a reason. Yeah. Oh, hey, I got some new weed. You know what? I got some whatever, whatever it was. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. You know? I mean, that's just what you – come on. You're tw 19, 20, 21, 21 years old. That that. But I learned early on. I'm like, no, no, no. And so there was a lot. I mean, there was some really cutting edge stuff happening. At it was like the mecca of machining. It was a mecca of hot rodding, right? Yeah. It was cutting edge stuff. So yeah, and then I mean, a lots, a lots happened. And, and you know, there's a lot, a lot happening with machining um, in the last few decades. 
a lot. A couple decades. Yeah, I mean, the technology's changed tremendously. Yeah, and, and I'm just curious to see where it's going to go. But, uh, but you know, the custom wheels industry still still pretty strong. You know, everybody wants to customize their shit, and we're here to make some wheels for yep. them. And, you know, having my boys involved, too, is like kind of refuels my fire. No, you know, we all go through that stage where we're in our 16th year of business now. Yeah, and because of they're the now st- at an age where you're giving them a responsibility. Yeah, it's my, not my like- youngest son, Brandon, who's will be 19 in a couple of days, is running my machine shop. Yeah. No, that's great. And, and of course, Nick is 22, my oldest son. And, and, and it's a family. And, if Dude, for you, it's a total family affair because he's got his two kids. He's got his brother, who's just a few years younger than you. Yep. And, and, your, and your wife, wife. Kim, and your wife. wife, yeah, Kim, right? Yeah, Kim, yeah, yeah. Who's holding down the the books? And she she basically runs the entire front end of the business. Well, Steve, we I, we have to run everything by her. <laughs> Myself, Mike, everybody. We have I know. I always I always say I'm going to paint a mural on my office yeah, wall of all, Kim chasing me around with a calculator. Like, don't give that shit away for free. Uh, this, this podcast <laughs> might not happen if Kim does not approve it. So, Kim, yeah. hopefully, it's it's okay by you. No, she's all right with it. <laughs> no, she wouldn't want to be on it though. She's no. She's not very good at talking to people. She just <laughs> likes to take your money. She. <laughs> <laughs> well, whose wife's not? You know? <laughs> I know. They have the perfect relationship. Mike's the personable guy. No, no, Kim's personable too. What am I talking about? She just didn't like to be put on the spot. Like doing a podcast, forget it. Not going to happen. Ah, uh, she'd have some. Do you know what, though? If you didn't tell her it was going on and you could sneak it up on her, maybe. Uh... Yeah, but here's the deal. Do, given what we're talking about, and she'd have a lot of input because, you know what? It, she she look from her perspective this is me right she was the wife that was pregnant with your kid and all of a sudden you're over here and you're making the phone call hey dude Boyd just gave me a raise yep. whatever that raise and you're substantial Boyd just gave me whoa and she's like yay you know but she also saw she involved herself with you if if it wasn't for her 100% I would not be where I'm at in fact she's the one that pushed me and gave me a little bit of confidence to leave installing car stereos to go to work for Budnick to begin with so yeah. I thank her for that. I mean, I, I think I do. I mean, <laughs> you do. Yeah. No, and, and, it, it's and, made a great life for me and my family. It really has. No, and, and you know what? It's awesome that she's involved like that. And and uh, you know, there's a good balance between you two, right? We're probably one of the few husband wife teams that actually uh-huh. still like each other. Twenty three years of marriage. Well, and, and, and but you know what though? That's like I, like I told you earlier. You guys are involved in each other's struggles every day. Yep. This, the, the 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 ups and the downs you you live that together you know where yeah there's like, no going home and saying honey i had a bad day bad day it's like yeah i know i was there with you yeah well <laughs> no and that's the thing is i mean for most people like my wife in, in my career and she's got her own little deal going on and it's hard to connect it's like oh i had a really bad day to work oh no your day wasn't as bad as mine but <laughs> no it's like when you two, you're together, you're like, yeah, no, shit, today sucked, right? Yeah, it sucked. Well, at least you guys commiserate. I mean, like, you guys are so deep oh, yeah. together. It's but, not, but, like, it's but, not but, like... Thank God for wine. But, but you know, yeah, you know, you right. know what it is? <laughs> yeah, it, it's not a competition because it's not a competition because she's not over here going, well, my day was shittier than yours. And you're like, well, I, no, it's like, no. Well, sometimes it is. I'm, I, I'm actually starting You're like, to, no, you know what? Chris, I've hired more people to do more stuff than I do to kind of take a little bit of a load off me. Well, and, and I keep encouraging her to do it. I thought I was the one that was the control freak. It turns out that she can't let go. No. And, and here's the deal, too. I, I'm sure this conversation's happened, up, happened quite a bit is, oh, no, you don't even know what Chris asked me today. No, 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 no. Chris pissed me off today. No, 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 Chris, piss me you off. You actually more. do come up quite a bit. 
Yeah, I know. I bet it. <laughs> yeah, same, same here. Yeah, fuckers. Yeah. No, come on. You know what? When everything's running smoothly for on both sides, I think everything's good. We do podcasts and drink beer. We drink, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We, exactly. We, we've earned the right. This to, is our to, first to podcast, this. Mike. It together. Is. We'll get there. Well, hopefully not the last one. No, hell no. We've got a lot of damage left to do. Now, you know what? Let's... Well, see, this do you have is... Any, do you, hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna throw this around. Do you Go have ahead. Any, let's talk about a funny Boyd story. Because I know you got a couple. You know, I... I don't know if I was just too serious back then, but I'm not sure if I have funny Boyd stories. You don't have to have a funny one. You could have a, a sad one. I don't care. Let's share a Boyd story. You could have one where he uh, brought you in the office and, you know... Degraded you that way. You knew how to degrade some people when they gave the no notice. <laughs> Maybe I was too much of an ass kisser. I never got degraded either. I I really like I literally I worked around the clock many many times and I I, I, I most of my stories were just positive. Like I no rewarding stories that your dad recognized that I was working my ass off and patted me on the back. Wow. I really didn't get too many kicks in the ass because I was always if if I was behind on something, you would never not find me in the shop working on it. Yeah. I would not go home unless tough, my commitment it, was fulfilled. It's tough these days to find that, that in, in an employee. I know. I wish I could find more of them. And, and honestly, and, and, my and kids you know, are, and, are and like it's that. like, dude, as an employer, I don't want to be like, yeah, I want to find some guy that it's only, it's going to work 20 hours a day. I only have to pay him 10. No, that's not it. Well, honestly, if you find those type of people, they typically end up like us and they end up owning their own business. You know, if they're that driven, right, they usually don't. Right. They usually want to, They want bigger things. Yeah. Well, and that's what we talk about too. The economy's doing pretty good in the job market. The unemployment rate's really low, and it's 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 tough to find people. You know, you're like, oh, you want a guy that's going to do this, 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 and this. Oh, that's a thirty dollar an hour right. guy, and you're going. Well, no, and I still got to train him. Yeah, and, and exactly. You got to train him, but it's also too like the way we do business. Maybe we just have to modify how we do business. Yeah. That, it, it is tough. That's it, obviously that's my biggest struggle in business. Period. You know, the customers are honestly the easy side of it. I mean, we all have difficult customers at times, but the employees, like just you know, trying to get everybody to get along and the personalities that have to to connect to make everything work properly. You know, at times you feel like you're running an adult daycare facility. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to dog but, on but, any of my employees because I appreciate each and every one of them. I really do. But we all have those ones do. that are just a pain. For sure. For sure. But you know what I I think. But you know what we we invest in this because we really I think deep down, you and I are the same way. We really see, appreciate and we really strive to build stuff in America. I do. We really do. Red, white, and blue runs through my veins. Absolutely, man. And you know what? This is not a liberal conservative thing. This is not a you know MAGA thing. This is not a whatever. This isn't a. This is. It's about for, being for proud the and patriotic. You know. This this is for, this is for uh, just being an American. Well, this is for standing for the Constitution. This is for standing for the experiment of America. Well, I mean, we we all talk about like keep local businesses like striving, like you know, um, support them, right? But like, what what about supporting our own economy in the USA? Like like just for keeping sure. it, keeping it all in the country and not sure. not skimping and taking it out overseas and getting a, an inferior product. Yeah, I mean, uh, frankly, Listen. for a guy like me, I mean, seeing tariffs put on China and stuff like that, I mean, I know there's repercussions that are, that are going to affect me too. Even though I don't buy anything from, you know, directly from China, I think we all buy products in our household from China, but I don't buy raw materials from China. I try to avoid it as much as possible. But but when you see those tariffs put on, 
you'd like to think that like it'll help a guy like us. Like I, I we want to bring manufacturing. Back Absolutely. Here. And and you you know what? Um, there there was a little uh, selling of the souls that happened in the early two thousands, and that was with the Jimmy Smiths of the world and all these other people that said. Yeah, uh, I can make stuff in America still, but I'm not going to make as much money as I would with with going to China. So by going to China, guess what? Jimmy Smith got a lot richer, but a lot of us didn't. Oh, of course. I mean, that's that's the cycle of business in a lot of cases. I get it. I get it. But but you know what? You circle back around with automation and everything. Now, you can manufacture some of those wheels now in America for not much more than what's going on in China. Well, frankly, that's kind of why I, I am where I am. You know, I, I've got into the really high-end niche market stuff that there's just no volume to take it to China. So when you're building two fronts and two rears custom every time, yeah, all, all, that's not going the, to China. The profiles are specific. They're, they're all machine to order. Yep. I get it. And then, you know, you have the, the center. Look, I, it, I have a lot of – I see this stuff on a day-to-day basis, so I have a lot of appreciation for it. But when people say, why – and you know, I guess, I guess. Listen, my, my wife is is in the furniture business, and she used to work for Ethan Allen. Mm-hmm. Ethan Allen Furniture is not a cheap date. Nope. And I remember when she worked there, she'd be like, "Hey, listen, I you know they had the sale, and she'd be like, this this table, I bought this table for twelve hundred bucks, and I'm like twelve hundred, oh my god, twelve hundred bucks for a table." She's like, "Yeah, but it's normally three thousand, but I got a deal on it because," and I'm like, "That's." In my mind, that's crazy. But then, you know, now I look at it and go, okay, look what went into that. That was a nice table. It was, you know, and then you compare it to Ikea or whatever it is, the other cheap brands. And you go, okay, no, I get it. I get it. If people just paid attention and know that, okay, you buy something from Ikea, what's it last you? A few, couple of years, two, three years. Maybe through college. <laughs> right maybe through kids yeah uh, yeah maybe, maybe well they probably won't last through kids no. no 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 but you buy something from ethan allen or or somebody you get what you pay for the, yeah. the, the saying you get what you pay for always comes out right so and you look at that stuff and it's just like you get it and and, and so yeah it's funny where i'll, I'll be like yeah it's four thousand dollars for a set of wheels but i'm all but how much for that table you know <laughs> yeah right so but yeah i know we all struggle with like how much we would actually pay for our own product. <laughs> I know I'm so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm so cheap, but but I can but, build it for yeah, myself. Yeah, but there's, but yeah, there's, but, there, but there, but guess what? There's things that you will buy that other people will be like, of "Oh course. my god, you paid that much for it." It's like, no, listen. In, in fact, I buy a lot of like billet type parts, whether it be for my off road car or whatever it is. I could totally make it, you but could. I'm too busy making stuff for other people. But and yes, it just makes sense to buy it from the guy that I only need a couple of them. I, it doesn't make sense for yeah, me because, to you know, make you know, it's because sometimes it just comes down to, well, it's an ego thing. Of course you could make it, Mike. If, Mike, if I, if I said, hey, I need you to make the next SpaceX uh, you know, capsule, you could, you could make that. Probably sit down and work on it. You and- could make it. I know you could. But it's, it's almost like you're also supporting – the same mentality yeah. that, that you're investing into. So. Well, and you also can't beat a, a guy at his own trade. Like, you know, if, if if this guy's done all the engineering and all the work to figure all that out, uh, that stuff out, if I'm not looking to make a ton of them, why would I want to make it myself? Well, we also talking to, you know, stay in your lane. You know what I'm saying? Right? That, right? Stay in your lane. Stay so, in your lane, bro. Hey, how many people do we deal with that are like, God, that guy's really good at marketing or he's really good with this. He's really good with that. Oh, you want to learn how to machine parts now and you want to buy your own machines and 
Look, dude, there's a reason I haven't bought my own machines. Yep. I've had customers do that over the years. You know, we've been That's we've been building I'm... private label wheels for many, many years. And and there's some guys that, you know, stay with us for several years. They they build their brand up and we're just behind the scenes making their wheels. And then they want to take their hand at thinking, you know what, I could probably make a few more bucks if I make it myself. And it's... the majority of them it doesn't work out for because they're not manufacturing they guys. Don't understand. They're great at sales and marketing, but they're not good at manufacturing. Again, stay in your lane. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing is, could I? I, I could have went and bought a bunch of machines a few years ago. I could have done that, but it comes down to the people, the people, right? It, it's all about people. All any anybody that's got the financing or the dollars to put into equipment, you can go stick a CNC machine in your shop tomorrow. Absolutely. The infrastructure that it takes is far more more valuable yep. than the machine. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and we talk about just the knowledge base and, and it's just all that. It's just, hey, you know what? You can't su- substitute that human power and knowledge and experience. Nope. You can't. The machine's dumb. Honestly, the machine's dumb. The it's machine's, only as smart as the guy in front the of the machine. machine's sitting there right now. If it was smart, it would be working on rims. Yeah, when you it know? can do that, let me know. I'd like to buy one of them. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, no, we, we've, we've, we've seen all that. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I stay in my lane. I try to do what I can. I, I, I feel like I, I could, if I had to, I could do a lot. But you know what? Hey, the machining and all that stuff, leave it to you. Leave it to Mike Curtis. You know, I do what I got to fucking do. But, I mean, I, I do. Uh, over the years, I've had um, a lot of experience. We all, we both have, we have, we've all, we've good seen, and bad, <laughs> good and bad, but you know, you, but it all still shapes what, what you've you're got to learn from it all though. You really have to learn from it all. I mean, even, even, uh, a, a really bad experience, man. Once you just make it through it, you go, okay, log it, log yeah. it in your brain, pay attention, learn something from it, pay attention, log it in your brain and move on, you know? So what's some cool stuff that you're working on now that you can divulge? what are you doing uh you know actually this past year we we probably dumped more styles more new styles than we ever have uh in in one fell swoop i think we did like 12 new styles or something like that recently um we are working on doing some truck stuff which we really haven't been known for um and, and it really hasn't been that we don't build truck wheels we obviously build truck wheels for a lot of other guys oh yeah um you know we're obviously we're, we're gonna try to work on the shot wheel brand this year a little bit and expand our offering and, and get into some other markets that we just don't have much penetration in now. We've really focused on the hot rod street mod, street rod market for the most part. Some of it spills over into late model, but I feel like we're missing the boat on trucks. And yeah. uh, trucks are huge. Everyone's got a truck, so that's that's what's on the burner now. It's just because you have like three, you know. Yeah, you know we all kind of started there though. Like uh, my dad still has my 1992 Chevy extended cam pickup sitting under a cover in his backyard that he bought from me so I could buy my first house. That's funny. And I've tried to get it back from him, and he still thinks it's worth what I sold it to him for. How much? I think I sold it to him for like 18 grand. Tell him it's not worth 18 I tried grand. to give him 10 for it, and Dude. he wouldn't take it. It needs to be painted. Why, why wouldn't it actually, take it? It actually has 17-inch one-off Boyd's wheels oh, has Boyd's? that I worked with Chip on. Really? Yep. Nice. They're still sitting on that thing. So. It's going to be kind of hard to take those off of there. Yeah, right. Yeah, I might just have you know to freshen what? them up. Why don't we, what's up with your dad? Let's talk to him. Let's come on. Let's go, Let's go, go to his house with me. You know my dad. I want to go over there and check it out because he like, at the last time I uh, he green, was to- right? green. Yeah, yeah, it was green. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It's it's totally ready to go. 
And how many it, miles on that thing? Sixty thousand original miles. Come on, brother. Yeah. Come on. The guy thousand. Hard, yeah, he hardly ever drove it after he got it from me. I bought the truck from Felix but Chevrolet. It's, it's, in, it's in good, in good shape. It's in fantastic shape. I'm sure it needs new rubber and new hoses and you know water pump and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, a probably. lot of the but, door stuff and the but the, stuff but it's immaculate. Right? The truck. I mean, the interior is perfect condition. Uh, extended cab. Extended cab. Nice. Yep. Short Actually, of course, I was in the car stereo business back then, so I did a crawl through. It had four 15-inch subwoofers in the really? back. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I would continue to carry that forward. It's probably oh, all rotted. Badass, but, but that was what I was into back then, and I started. I was doing the Cal Truck Jams and all that stuff oh, back yeah, then. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Dude. Yeah, I know. That's bitching. So, I, I, you know, I still feel like he's going to part with that thing one of these days. I'd love to do it as a father-son project with him even. But the last time just he had a deal, he turned me down. trucks are gaining value right now. It's not about the value for me. It's the sentimental value. That's the truck that I had when I married my wife. You know, it's Dude. I just, I, it can't leave the family. No way. No. So it, it will come back to life. It's just a matter of when. And I, again, I feel like that whole, that era of truck is really starting to make a comeback again. Big time. So I gotta, I'm going to have to work on them again. Maybe you come over there and pound on them with me. <laughs> I will. I want to go over and check it out. That'd be kind of like I a, want to bring it back. My dad's 70 now. He's still, you know, my dad. I mean, he's got a lot of gas left in the tank, <laughs> but I would love to bring it out and do it as a father son project, you know? Well, how about let's get your dad on this next podcast when, next time you come around? I don't know if you want that. Do you? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. He's all right. That's a possibility. <laughs> hey, if, I'm just kidding. If, John's if he a good parts guy. with the truck, then maybe we'll let him on here. Oh, he, you know, he'll just talk a bunch of shit on the truck. We'll, we'll go. It'll be of good. course he will. It'll be good. No, he wants to <laughs> fucking supercharge it and do all kinds of crazy no, shit. Yeah, I, but... just want to, I just want it back the way it was when I met my wife. Honestly, it has that sentimental value for me. And and hey, I would like to just bring are you going to put some that. Oakley blades on, dude? <laughs> right, got some Oakley you know. blades. You know, got the, so, 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 but you had a mullet, right? Of course. So, so you Kate, probably did too, didn't you? Canvas by King. Uh, uh, you weren't that cool back then. I never had a mullet, Mike. I'm right. sorry. I had a mullet. We could bring that picture. No, dude, you want too. that's so bitching. When were I married, were my you wife, a hockey player? Or? No, no, just, <laughs> just had one. No, just, well, just I don't, I don't know many Californians just, that were cool, hockey dude. players. <laughs> yeah. No, hey, listen, so, that's radical. Right? You, you weren't in the lower sport truck scene. Back I actually, in the 90s. That, that's kind yeah. of a funny story. Now that I think about it, the the uh, I had that truck when I started working for Boyd's, and. Uh, I ended up getting my dad's 82 Trans Am that I had to drive around for a while because I sold him that truck to lower my debt to income ratio so I could buy my first house. And and again, hence the sentimental value. Like it was it was so significant. And he in kept my life. it. That's so so bitching. He kept it though. And he never drove the thing. He never he, like he literally. I bet you my dad put 2,000 miles on that the entire really? time he owned it. He's he he's bought himself one new vehicle in his entire life. <laughs> Is it, and he's still driving it today. That, that Ford four by four. Yeah. F one fifty that he's got. That's funny, dude. And and when I when I had the deal with him to buy that thing back from him for ten grand, he bowed out at the eleventh hour and was like, "You know what? I'm going to fix that thing up and I'm going to do it myself." Really? And I think the last time we talked about it was three years ago. That's so. And here funny, we are dude. talking about it. That's again. your dad, dude. Your dad's funny, dude, man. He can't get rid of stuff. He's a funny dude. <laughs> Which I'm glad he didn't get rid of that, but I want him to get rid of it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so. <laughs> it's so funny. So, dude, are we going to go dove hunting this year or what? I think it's time to get it back online. Oh, dude. I didn't want to go last year. It was on a Saturday. I didn't go last year. I went the year before. But remember, uh, you didn't go. But uh, it was me and my neighbor and then your dad and Anson. We yep. went. That's fun time. My so, yeah. Got the so, we, do, we, just, we just don't make wheels and stuff. We hang out on the weekends. 
yeah. on the week He'll, on the weekdays sometimes. Little too. dove hunting. I think I'm the only vegetarian guy to go dove hunting. <laughs> I think though, I think that's kind of like a weird. Deal. You just eat the feathers. It's, it's yeah. kind of a weird. Deal. I don't even eat the feathers. I just, Floss I, with it. I just know. go, hey, right. I just make sure, hey, you're gonna eat this, right? You're gonna eat this. Yeah. So that's yeah. fun time, though. Yeah, Down we'll do it again. September one. Let's put it on the calendar. El Centro. Steve, do you kill birds? Uh, I've killed a couple birds. Yeah, there you <laughs> go, bro. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's cool. That's with your pellet gun in the backyard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, growing up in Wilmington, there was a lot of adventures. So um, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I got in this whole, like, uh, the, the reason, like, I love being on this Hot Rod by Boyd podcast is, dude, I, I didn't grow up on hot rods. I grew up with low riders. Like, like. I grew up in a barrio, like like where the 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 baddest low rider in the the you know the block. Yeah, had, hydraulics and had the sixty four chrome Dayton's. Oh yeah, with the the hydro suspension on three wheels if they wanted to. Oh sorry, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Chris, Chris trying to bring it down here, but <laughs> but yeah, put no, some low rider music on. But 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 <laughs> but that uh, and, and I always want to ask like like somebody like you like. Do you make low rider rims? I, I know you make hot rod. I, I know you make high end rims, but like, are any rims uh, can can fit on like a you know that low rider style? Well, if it was auto. a billet wheel, of course we would. We, we'd make wheels for anything. I've made wheels for top fuel drag racers. I've made wheels for ultralight airplanes. So we've if if it's See, wheels, we've probably made something for it at some time or another. Yeah, we don't do wire wheels or spoked wheels, but. Just because that we don't have that manufacturing technology in house, that's no, a no, different deal, bro. No, un, no, understood. But but and there's still, I mean, that's just it's there's a lot of work that goes into a spoke wheel. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't oh, discount that at all. Oh, that's a there's a lot of work no, goes no, into that, and, so. and no doubt. And that's why I always thought it was like the 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 it was like the, the you were the 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 gangster, you know the the. You were just a badass of the, of the of the hood if you had like the spokes, you know. Oh like, yeah, yeah, because especially cause, the gold spokes, you know. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no, there's a lot of work that goes into that stuff. Yeah, and you know that's one thing too. My dad was always, you know, the lowrider thing wasn't his thing. Yeah, but he would always trip out and be appreciative. I like, think we're all respectful of those different like, car God, communities. It may like, not be our passion. No, but but my dad's like those dudes spend a lot of time on their vehicle. Oh yeah. Well, in Throwing it back again, man. When when I was like eighteen, I was going to these like low rider car shows. But there was also like the you know the the it, it was in the nineties, so it was all these sports trucks like going to LA Convention Center or um, LA Sports Arena for like the yeah you know the truck show out there. Oh man, I remember those. You know, they, it always fascinated me, and, and just like uh, I think you guys are like artisans, dude. Like no doubt, like you guys throw some fucking. You know, cherry on, on on top of the ice cream, like like just the the rim game. I mean, it's just like wearing a, a nice pair of shoes. Like, okay, you got a ni- nice outfit, but how are your shoes? Like, yeah, does, well put. Does it tie it all in? Yeah. And, and frankly, you can have a vehicle that, that you've had for twenty or thirty years that had custom wheels on it that was that was current back then. Yeah, and you could literally just put new wheels on it, and you got a different car. Dude, yeah. the, the coolest the coolest stuff that that I, I I've been involved with in over the years. Is guys that are coming to me with these old Boyd cars, yeah, and going, look, I don't want to change anything, but I think I need to update the wheels because wheels were always dictated by the the tire size available. Absolutely, right, and it's still that way. So people go, hey, listen, 
uh, you know, I got this tire. I make a wheel for it. That, well, yeah. that 92 Chevy truck I was just talking to you about yeah. that has custom one-off Boyd's wheels on it, you know what size they are? 16s. 17s. And that 17s. was big back yeah, then. Yeah, 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 back then. It, yeah, that was, it was huge. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, how, so, how are we going to so, afford a tire for that? Yeah. Like, because like, I had friends who were in car clubs, and it was like, oh, dude, 17s? Like, that's just a huge yeah. upgrade. Well, yeah. On and, their and, Mazda B2200s and <laughs> shit like that, you know? Yeah, yeah because... The thing of it is, is is the overall dimensions to keep the stance. Yeah. Yep. So if they make the tire with the overall dimensions, we're making wheels to it. So well, we're driven by the tire industry. Yeah, for sure. Right. So so the uh, these guys with these old hot rods that want to update it that have 15 inch on there, like, oh, I don't want no rubber band tires. I want this. Like, no, you don't get it, dude. Just look. This is the tire you want in the rear. This is one you want in the front. It'll keep the same ratio and the stance the same. But it Bring it up look. to current times. No, that's the coolest. That's the cool stuff that I like to do. Some of these iconic cars that you get to change the wheels on, or just some cool looking hot rod. And by doing that, you're not doing a modification that ruins the car. Which no, is great guess what? It. Keep the old shit and put it back on when yep. you need to. Yep. And that's still part of making it seamless, right? Like, like just like keep it so it's like. Just yeah, all fundamentally like oh no, I mean incoherent. That, that, not that, incoherent. If you're doing well, there's guys that like to have period <laughs> correct cars, period, and I respect that. And there's guys that like to do wild builds that we do crazy stuff on. But there's a lot of builds that man, you just change the wheels and tires. People are like, whoa, what else you do? They don't it? recognize no, the cars. There, there's guys that have won awards <laughs> with their cars, and then they change the wheels on it and, it, and people don't recognize the car. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. So. uh Okay, so like I, I've been a fan of rims, and like I'm, I'm still not the car guy. Um, I know because you're calling them rims, right? Uh, <laughs> wheels. Um, but the Cerakote and, and and the different finishes you guys have been offering, both you guys as individuals, man, is, is that like been you know like that seems like kind of revolutionary from you know think about twenty years ago. Like yeah, I, I mean all these different. Let, let me let me just say this is. Cerakote's a really nice finish. It's a nice coating. They make a great product. And all I got to say is there's a lot of different finishes out there. There's some nice powder coatings. Yeah. Because NIC, who, who owns Cerakote and Prismatics, Prismatics is a powder. They make great powders. But look, in our business, there's certain brands that we gravitate towards Cerakote because it's expensive and it looks nice. Yep. Then we well, got- frankly, for, for our brand, too, if it wasn't for Cerakote, I'd only be making polished wheels in the cover lock series. You know, yeah. that that tolerance that you were talking about with the cover plate and how tight that is. Oh, yeah. Cerakote's the only thing that works for us that actually allows us to keep that tolerance that tight. If I were to powder coat that wheel, you wouldn't be able to put you it back together. You wouldn't be able to do it. You, you, you would sacrifice a little on the look, yep. the, the fit and finish. No, I get it. So, But what I'm getting is there's some higher-end brands like our own that use Cerakote, and then there's other people that are using powder coat. Yep. Nothing wrong with powder coat because there's some designs we do do powder coat in, but I think for where we're at now with the, the fit and finish and the look, we're going with Cerakote. Yeah, we're all we're always hunting for new stuff, new finishes. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. trying I mean, trying to just try something out. PVD I mean, coatings came out. Trying something cool. new. So, there are some really bitching powder coats, like with the brushed finish and the burnt bronzes and the. We use a lot of that more on the twelve twenty one side of things. Oh, you you do the, you know what? The exotics. You guys need to really uh, the listeners need to. Uh, Instagram twelve twenty one one two two one wheels on Instagram and look at some of the finishes they're doing. That's some really cool shit. 
Really nice stuff. Just different, different market. Different market. Yeah, but it, it's custom. I mean, if Still you really, if you really want to set your uh, your automobile apart, I mean, you know, both these guys that I'm talking to in the studio right now, Chris and uh, Mike, the, they will set your ride off. Like no set doubt. your ride off. I I was on a fishing boat last weekend, and you know, talking to some old timers, and you know, these guys got a couple of them own fishing boats. You know, they're wealthy guys, but they're not really car guys. And I get to talk to them about wheels and you know, what I do and everybody's fascinated by, Oh, you make wheels and you make cool stuff. And they're like, but you know, if I bought a Maserati, why would I want to change the wheels on it? And I mean, for me, that's a simple answer because you don't want to be like everybody else. Like yeah. when you buy that Maserati, it's the same Maserati everybody else got the that next guy, the next guy bought. Yeah. Know? Everybody else got those same wheels too. And I mean, coming from the California car culture, like we want to be unique. We want to be, we want to express ourselves and who we are. And we do that with our cars. Yep. Yeah, and, and and going back, going back, however many years you want to go, the easiest, quickest way to change the look of your car from the next guy is to change the wheels. The, well, the most ex- inexpensive way, really. I mean, even though wheels are expensive, it's more expensive to repaint your car, absolutely, than it is to change the wheels. Yeah. Hence, what I was talking about. You know, these guys that have award-winning vehicles that have kind of you know run its course, and you want to show it again, put some new wheels on it. Oh. Well, I I don't want to come off like like sexist at all but like you know like people view cars as like a a, you know woman like that her name's betty her her name's this and that yeah but a a a a good looking woman can't go out without a nice pair of high heels and that's kind of like yeah and and guess what she can change her dude women change their look all the time right like like new biscuits what's that new biscuits there you go right (laughs) no but i mean look look let's a good-looking woman can transform into four different good-looking women. Women, you know, but changing their heels, changing their clothes, changing that. Dude, that's why I've been what? married for twenty-three hey, years. I, gotta, <laughs> I know, right? I mean, well, hey, when, when wifey comes out with the high heels versus the boots, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, here, here's the deal too. There are certain markets, especially the mini truck market, where there's hardcore guys. I, I got, I got at least one guy I can think of in the last. 18 months has bought three sets of retro series wheels. Yeah. Old school billet wheels. He's on his third set. Nice. And it's the same truck. But he, you know what it is? It's a new year. I'm going to change the shoes. Hey, sometimes you need, my shoes. Sometimes you need a tri fans. Sometimes you need the spokes. Sometimes you need yeah, like right? the, Cheaper the fu- buying a new car. Yeah. Right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, uh, that's the best way to change things up, or quickest way, cheapest way, right? Paint jobs aren't cheap anymore. No. Buy a set of $3,000 set of wheels made to order, change the look of your car. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> man. Well, you know what, man? I don't know. We should probably wrap this thing up here. Yeah. It's been fun. Let's I, wrap it up. It's been fun. I'm Mike. I'm glad we've been talking. I do from the from the time I talked about doing a podcast, you were the one of the guys because not only do I talk to you on a day to day basis, you're a huge part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. I got to thank you for that. And likewise, I think that goes both ways. Yeah, it, it's for been, sure. it was great to reconnect. Yeah, because yeah, you. you're not doing shit for free. No, I wish you would. But, you're not. <laughs> but, but uh, no, man. I mean, you know what? I I, I I keep it close and I keep, I, I team myself with people that make me stronger, you know, and I feel like between you 
and just you know just the other vendors that i have i think i'm 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 solid i, I want to do more business with everybody um but it's also boyd university man it's also it, it i'm really is hey i'm uh i was born into it but you know i'm part of the university myself dude it's, uh, it's kind of cool to see like competitors and co- uh com- camaraderie yeah i you know, know it's cool man this is how it should be it, you exactly. know there's, there's no reason to have an enemy in this business and i really don't think i have one no 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 no, no. um and and you guys the viewers or the uh, audience wasn't uh privy to what we were talking about before we even got in the air but Man, there, there's so much more that we can dive into with Mike Shot here. I mean, he is one of the most talented machinists around. And uh, please look him up. Uh, again, Mike, you want to give uh, some of your shout-outs to uh, your company so they can look him up on Facebook, websites, Instagram? Yep, our, 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 our parent company is Metal FX Motorsports, which, unfortunately, I don't have a website for. Oh, look, well, then you can't find them. But Never look, mind. No, forget <laughs> it. It, it, it. It's at hrb.com. HRB. <laughs> yeah, yeah. HotRodsMyBoy.com no. can send you there. <laughs> but you can find us at, at ShotWheels.com. That's spelled S-C-H-O-T-T, Wheels.com. And also check out our other brand, 1221Wheels, 1221Wheels.com. You can find us that way. You can always reach out to us. And if you're one of those guys out there that's looking to have something built that's not going to go to Chris, yeah. then come check me out. Yeah. That's not going to copy my shit. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But if you ever want to do a, a Coddington shot collaboration. Wow. Uh, Shottington, we call it Shottington. <laughs> actually, hey, we no. actually had some Shottington beer that Chris no, brewed so, up on a vacation that we went on one time. Yeah, together. so about four or five years ago, we went on a vacation to the river. It was my family. It was uh, your Shot's family, another family. And I brewed a light ale to drink at the river, and I called it Shottington Light. You even made some posters that I actually have them hanging in my oh, garage that's so at home. Funny, still. dude. That's a, I do. Yeah, that's I did. Amazing. I made some posters. Yep. I, I took some. Uh, I forget what it was. An old beer company. And I, yeah, and I, it had like freeway signs and stuff in no, it. No, it, it was like I just changed the, the the the. I changed the copy to make it all goofing on the the ad. Yeah. You know, it's like. I was like, hey, here's Bob. Bob Bob's home from work. Bob's drinking a beer. Bob's an asshole during the day, but after a beer, he's, <laughs> he's a nice guy or something. Was after like, drinking a Shottington Light. Yeah, after yeah. drinking a Shottington Light, he's not an asshole anymore. <laughs> maybe that's our next future. Dude, I have those. Together. I have those Do in my beer. email oh, somewhere. Wow. Yeah, but maybe beer. Well, I know drinking beer is not working out for us. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, brewing beer might cancel out the drinking. We might break even. Yeah, we just can't drink as much as we brew. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Anymore. Anymore. <laughs> Anymore. Oh, that, that, that's, that's a different topic for a different yeah, episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're out, dude. Let's, uh, thanks let's, for having me, guys. I uh, greatly appreciate hey, it. Hey, Mike it. Shot, it was a pleasure speaking with you on this conversation. I know Chris was super excited to have you on this uh, episode. Dude, thanks again for coming. I'm glad I made it out. All right, Hopefully man. we can do it again. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. We done? We done. Out. We're done. From the Hot Rods by Boyd headquarters in Old Town Orange, This was the latest installment of the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. We'll talk to you again next time. See ya.